fucking gross. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was great. Hello and welcome to another episode of Geek Chew, podcast where we chew over the geeky things that we love. I'm Eamon. And I'm Charlene. And I nailed it. Uh, the <laughs> intro music is by my brother Ryan. And uh, So humble. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he's uh, not he's, we're not going to talk about Ryan. Um, <laughs> this week we decided to, I think this is the first time we've chosen like a theme for the week and tried to pursue it that way but we did like a little horror theme yeah and uh read a couple books watched some movies so what else did we do this week besides books and movies not a whole lot i guess uh we did find time to go to the beach for about 30 minutes before it started to was it only 30 minutes i feel like it It was pretty quick 40 (laughs) (laughs) yes it could have been 40 well it's funny because we I, i mean We've lived here two years. We've never actually spent a day at the beach. Right. And we live in Florida. And we live within an hour's drive of like what has been voted the most beautiful beach in the United States. And I've been wanting to go. And so we decided to go to the beach. Told Courtney and he met us with his girlfriend. And then as soon as they showed up, it started pouring and thundering. And everything was soaked. And Yeah, we got, got 30 minutes. He got about 30 seconds. Yeah. So it's so whatever. Um, oh, uh, oh, we got got that new statue. That's right. (laughs) Went to, uh, the store yesterday and got a new Batman black and white by Joe Madureira. Madureira? I've been waiting for the Todd McFarlane statue to come in, but it sounds like that might not happen now. So just went ahead and got this one because it was super cool and right on hand. So it is really cool. And I wish they had more like. Batgirl and Wonder Woman ones, like of the black and whites, because I really like that. Yeah, the, I mean, I guess it would be cool if they expanded it. Like, I know they have some other, like Joker and Batgirl things, but they are Batman black and white statues. I know, <laughs> but they, I just love that style statue. I know. Like the black and white so much. Um, it's just very much matches my aesthetic. Um, so I love my Babstar Batgirl. I love my, I don't know who did the wonder woman that i have but it's very like almost yeah, anime that's not, that's not obviously a batman black and white but it's so it's, it's a very different style right um it is a black and white they made a color one but they just like also yeah, yeah. made a black and white limited edition one and i had to have that and we have that and i love it yeah i what, think so when originally we had started talking about we should watch a bunch of horror movies this week and and talk about those and then you just you and then you suggested we should also find a book. And so we did some some Googling and found this uh, graphic novel well, from Drawn and Quarterly. You did the Googling on this, and I'm super um, excited about what you found um, because this is perfect. Like This yeah. book is such a great read. So the, the book is Beautiful Darkness, and it came out in 2014. And I'm definitely going to butcher some names here. Yeah, Fabian Vellman. Mm-hmm. Kara Scott, skirt. Oh, no, I think you had it 
much better the first time than I would have gotten it. <laughs> but that's a pen name for the couple that created. that also that also collaborated on on the story. So it's Marie Pompuy. Pompuy, yeah. And uh, her partner, Sebastian Cosette. Co- <laughs> yeah, I should just let you do it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so the story originated, I guess, from uh, Marie's sketchbook or whatever, but kind of easy for me to pick it out of what I had found because I knew you would like it because of the whimsical, cutesy art versus the kind of dark, stark reality of what's going on. Although it's not, I mean, Reality is a questionable term, I guess. Right. But it is so creepy and so weird. And so um, it's intense. And but also, you know, it kind of pulls you out of that, like, really dark, weird intensity with like the lightness of of the artwork, because it is like, almost cartoonish and like, just fairy tale sort of. Yeah, so it's got like, um, at least part of it is very body horror, which I'm not super into. Uh, <laughs> and I was going to say the same thing that the art really helps offset that kind of grossness. Yeah. The discomfort that I feel with a lot of body horror stuff. I mean, like it makes it laugh out loud funny, which is also then uncomfortable because you're like, I'm laughing at this horrific thing that just happened to this character <laughs> yeah. because it's so, Uh, I don't know. It's so amazing. I could read this again and again. And just, it was really fun reading it first and then listening to your reactions as you read it. Yeah, it took me, um, so for my initial read, like just like everything else, I'm just kind of reading it and taking it at face value, right? And then I need somebody else to explain it to me. (laughs) (laughs) I read read an article on Comics Alliance that was pretty good by Zainab Akhtar. But they, this article does like a deep dive on like all the different aspects of the book that I don't know, hadn't really considered. Like, I guess we should decide how much detail. No, I think it's, well, it's right in the description that there is like a decomposing the, body. Right. That's like it. the set that this whole story takes place on. Yeah. And I guess what you're supposed to take out of that is that these are characters from little, her right, imagination little, her her little, yeah, like little creatures born of what her personality might have been yes but like separated into all these little kind of one-dimensional beings i guess i wouldn't say one-dimensional i think well maybe some of them a little bit but there's a lot of um manipulation and a lot of battle for control kind of and then you know um which i don't think really comes from a one-dimensional character like necessarily. Sure. And I think the main character, Aurora, I think she, right. Who's she also is, the dead girl, right? That's the same name as the dead girl, I think is maybe the most fully realized, like, and she changes who, throughout the book. She starts out as like kind of this more virtuous, like hardworking, ready to help everybody out kind of character. And the more that she has to interact with the more one dimensional people who have their own, definitely have their own uh, priorities and goals and stuff make her, I guess, have to decide how, who she wants to be in order yeah. to live in this world. Yeah. The only thing I didn't um, really get was that the middle scene, like it's like right, right in the middle of the book where I guess it's Aurora, like when she was alive, it's just laying there in the leaves and she gets up and walks away. Yeah. And, and then 
the uh, nameless character. hulking character that is just holed up in the in it's the body. An, it's her nightmare because she doesn't exist if that little girl doesn't die. Okay. I mean, that's how I gathered yeah, that. That's that's good enough for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> she like sort of wakes up and she was like, "What a horrible dream," yeah. or something. She actually says lines. nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, and so like this is how she came to be. If this little girl didn't die lying there decomposing in the woods, none of this whole other world would have been created. Right? Yeah. And so, and the only other real character, like real person character is the guy in the cabin. That's kind of like right near where this decomposing body is. I assume that we're supposed to think that he killed this little girl. I don't assume that. I think it's interesting and really cool that like there is this like greater mystery that's happening outside of this miniature little whimsical world is that his daughter who is missing and disappeared. You think if he killed her, he wouldn't have just left her out in the open necessarily like, or would he have right. like, did he murder this girl or is that her dad? And now he's sad and she's never come home and she's just a rotting corpse. It just seems like these little creatures are so small. They're not going to travel very far. And so they make it to this dude's house and how far away is the body of this little girl right. to not be found when he's like walking around in the woods, obviously he almost steps on tiny Aurora, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I know. Well, I mean, it's an unanswered question, right? Yeah. Um, also I think it's interesting, like as the body deteriorates, like sort of their society deteriorates as well. Yeah. The, the way they interact with each other is like super funny. Yeah. <laughs> The way they just kind of accept the horror of of the world, um, yeah, like, with like, whoop, that one's dead. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. <laughs> or the bigger girl just eats the smaller girl, and they're like, "You want to play?" So like, okay. <laughs> I know. Just um, immediately move on. It's like a wonderful. I I just love that sort of like dark and comedy, and uh, I mean, I thought it was fantastic. Um, do you have anything else to say about this? No, I don't think so. I I am going to share that article with you because it's really, it's pretty intense. The detail that they go into, (laughs) I think it at least helped me process the, um, the book, but that's all I got. So, uh, do you want to talk about Chew? Yes. So Chew is a, right now it's just going to be issues one through five for this arc. But I think, I think they can plan on continuing. It it does sound like that. Yeah. Yeah. First issue just came out this week. Right. Um, I have looked at some of the cover art for for the next, I think, four issues, or, or not next four, up to issue four, mm-hmm. are out there, which is really cool because, you know, kind of gives you like a, a glimpse as to maybe what's going on with the story, what's going to happen, or no. I don't know. Um, so it's, it's by John Lehman, written by John Lehman, and the art is by Dan Boltwood. Right. And John Lehman wrote the other Chew. series, Chew, you know, C-H-E-W. Because As the main to character, C-H-U. Tony Chu, C-H-U, was a sebopath. Yes, which is, um, a pers- he gets psychic impressions from whatever it is that he eats. Yeah. Um, so, his this new story focuses on his sister. So, Tony Chu is a detective, and his sister is a criminal. Saffron Chu. Saffron. <laughs> I love that her name is Saffron. It's very, I love 
her character already. She seems really cool. And and she's a Sibopar. It's a person who learns the secrets of who she's eating with. Yeah. As opposed to from what she's ingesting, like her brother. Yeah. Appreciated how the book was set up to kind of, because I don't even, do they even like explicitly state that? No, I had to look it up. Yeah. Uh, But they, they show it to you. And the book kind of starts off like before this, I don't know, caper, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. a job to rob somebody in kind of like a reservoir dog style. Like these are all the players and they're not going to use their real names kind of, um, kind of deal. But yeah. So now the greater mystery abounds, like who is the person who has maybe poisoned this food because everybody seems to get sick and who's eaten this. And I mean, like sick, sick, but also somebody on the other, the people that they're trying to rob, someone's sick on that side. So that's kind of cool. They kind of dance around like the words they use, a prequel or a prelude to the, to the chew series that already is in the, in existence. It's kind of like, so I guess it takes place timeline wise before. Right. The comparison they used was it's the better call Saul to choose breaking bad. Right. But going forward, he wants to, get further away from the original series as opposed to leading up to it. Right. I mean, it's going to be her story right. and not her brother's story and, and how she fits into her brother's story. Right. So which SIBO power would you prefer? Like which one would you want to have? <laughs> well, if you, if you had one to have where one, I didn't have to eat people. <laughs> It'd be great. Well, I mean, you could not be a detective and have that power. <laughs> but what good is it? If you, I mean, you have to, what good is it? I guess yeah, that would be terrible. What a horrible question. <laughs> I mean, it seems pretty obvious <laughs> that you'd would you rather learn people's secrets. Although, like, it seems pretty awful, too. Like, you don't really want to know people's secrets. No. Like, haven't we learned from television and movies of the past that being able to read people's minds and thoughts never goes well? Mm-hmm. I have learned that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess being a regular person is where it's at. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but they do introduce uh, Tony Chu at the end of this book, or I guess more towards yeah, the middle. It's in the middle. But they get together at the end of it, Tony and Saffron. Why do uh, you think that name's so funny? I think <laughs> I it's delightful. I just think, because I just think of like the spice. The series is all about food. Whatever. It's not It's not like that funny. I just. <laughs> <laughs> and when we were talking last night, kind of discussing like how similar the art kind of is to the original or because we haven't looked at the original series in a long time, which where the art was by Rob Guillory, it seems similar while you're reading it. And then you see Tony Chu and you're like, well, this is definitely not the same. same. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was also the variant cover speaking of covers for the first issue that Rob Guillory did. And you can clearly see completely different take on not only the, his take on the original character of Tony, but his take on the new Saffron is completely different than what you see in the comic book. I just thought that was uh, cool. I really, this made me want to go back and read the original Chew right. series because it's so good. It is so good and we never finished it. And so I want to super disappointing. Although we have the last issue. I know we just need to get the collected books. Cause well, we have, I think all we have mostly is volumes like one through nine. We do have it's, one through nine. I'm pretty sure. I need to reread. We'll have to check out the shelf oh, over there. Yeah. But. I wonder how many volumes are there? 
10 or 11 maybe. Oh, so we're not that far behind. No, no. Uh, yeah, we didn't miss a ton. I don't think. I think the thing I is with, with the collected editions, it's like a, a weird timeline for when they come out, depending on the what the creator wants maybe. Yeah. Um, I felt like Image was pretty good about like getting those out pretty soon after those, like that yeah, storyline, so. but I guess we just missed not, it. Yeah, I'm not sure why we... Uh, and we tried to get Courtney to read it too, right? And then he didn't. He destroyed our volume right. and then had to replace it because right. he left it in his backpack and like dumped it in a puddle of water. I don't know what he did, but yes, I remember clearly. Um, Not clearly enough to remember what happened, but I remember he ruined <laughs> it. <laughs> um, I think it's just we something happens to interrupt our our ability to get our hands on something. So like we probably moved. Yeah, or the comic book store closed. Once you have momentum it's and you lose it, it's hard to get back to it. Yeah. Um, uh, see our recording schedule. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't have much else to say about this, but I no. am excited to continue. And yeah, I put it on our five. So. so do you want to talk about these horror movies that we watched? Yes. So we watched four movies, three of them this week. Right, Two women of, directors. I am proud of us for like. I'm very proud. Not I can't believe deciding we did to it. watch something else instead. That's like right. Survivor. more Survivor. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm always down for like creepy horror, which is weird because ten years ago, I or mean, even or even six movies. years ago. I mean, I remember clearly after The Ring came out and we watched it. I could not watch horror movies anymore. That freaked me out so much. That everything was just terrifying. Yeah, that's a good one. And people would tell like ghost stories about their real life, and I wouldn't be able to like use the bathroom without clo- with like the door <laughs> closed. Like, and I don't know what changed, but now like I have a better grasp on reality, maybe. Um, so I can, and like I really enjoy it. I love the like. It's fun to be like a little terrified, and yeah. So yeah, I like that. Uh, the kids will watch these with us now too. Yeah. Even Tegan, well, which Tegan, was surprising to me Tegan because she's grown a lot in the last year or so, I guess. Is not super excited about last night's movie, though. No. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk we'll about get there. that. So we're going to start with Sea Fever, right? Uh, directed and written by Nisa Hardiman, where the basic story is this trawler off the coast of Ireland goes where they shouldn't go. They've been warned not to go in this particular area and they get marooned out there. They've brought this student marine biology out there for some like field work that she has to do as part of her, her program. And that's when things go like really wrong. (laughs) Right. Um, there's a lot of like, so there aren't really any jump scares, but there's like a lot of built tension that just like you really physically are like tight throughout watching this. Um, that helps build the the story and the like. You're like right along there with like the tension of the crew, like stuck in this small, yeah, th- enclosed I, space. And you it know, definitely has like a lot of thriller elements, but also kind of the creature, also slash body horror. You know, eyeballs yeah. exploding kind of deals. <laughs> so gross. It came out at an interesting time too, because you know we're in the midst of this like quarantine life which we live in florida so it's a little bit less down here I think, <laughs> for most people um, but you know just like illness and like unknown 
in contact with this disease or virus or what and like what is it and you know yeah i mean obviously they made the movie well before this yeah and it just kind of happened to come out in this weird time where it lines up with uh, some greater world events which you know definitely i think adds to the discomfort that you experience while you're watching it yeah it's it's very unsettling ultimately i really liked where the story went you kind of expect the outcome with the survivors to be different than right what it turns out to be and um i was like you know at kind of an unexpected ending you i think the movie just has a really lived in kind of quality to it like i really liked the the characters and the crew and you know even the students so there's hermione corfeld plays siobhan the the student that gets on the boat with doug ray scott right and she's got like high anxiety and yeah and Connie, Connie Nielsen, right? She's uh, Wonder Woman's mom. What's, yeah, her, what's yeah. her name? Oh, Wonder Woman's mom, uh, Hippolyta. That's right. And Doug Ray Scott was supposed to be Wolverine, but uh, lost out. Mission Impossible 2, really. Oh, uh, yeah. Really uh, stole some. Changed the trajectory of his career. Uh, absolutely. I mean, this is a good movie, but but it didn't do much 20 for year, him. Twenty yeah. years after the original X Men, maybe he could have. Uh, I think that maybe in that situation, it would have been better for him to choose to play the hero and not the villain. Yeah, well, I think he was. I think it was. He was already not on. a choice, right? Like he was uh, filming Mission Impossible Two, and the schedule started to overlap, and they couldn't let him go do the, the X Men, so they had to recast. Which uh, sucks for him. Yeah, I don't know how much we want to get into like the specifics of like. Uh, the parasite that has kind of attached itself to to the boat and what happens with their water supply. And I just thought the the creature element of it was was pretty cool, but not overbearing. Right. It's not like a this monster is like might be lurking around the next corner, coming to eat you up. It's there and it wants to survive, just like any other. Yeah, Life and form, it's got like right? these long tentacles, this bioluminescent or tendrils. Like tendrils, are they tentacles yeah. or I don't know. Like. Yeah, I like how it goes from the kind of jumps from the hair of the student, the red hair, when she first takes it off on the boat, and everybody's kind of like, "Oh my god!" Because this is bad luck, right? Yeah. I didn't know that. For I didn't know that uh, it could be fake. Like, that <laughs> it could, could be fake. That could be made <laughs> right. up for this movie. And if it is, it's very. they did a very good job making that believable for yeah. people who are not fishermen, sailors. And the tendrils are kind of kind of wispy, hair-like things. The boat itself is called the Neve Canor. And they bring in this kind of folktale element of, of that story. And the Neve Canor is Neve with blonde hair or whatever, whatever it means. Mm-hmm. Right, and that like the bioluminescence in water, like phytoplankton bioluminescence, is like her hair glowing yeah. because she exiled herself to the sea after losing her love. Nice woven together. Yeah, like it's cool that it has that recurring theme of like hair being something that is represented like as a a pattern, a thematic pattern in the yeah. movie. I just really enjoyed it. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else on that or you want to move on to the next one? Let's move on. We watched The Conjuring next. We did. We rewatched The Conjuring. Right. And I remembered being super freaked out by that movie. 
Yeah. And I was again when we watched it. Yes. It was, it's just very well done. There was yes. a lot of, the way it started was funny because there's like a lot of Annabelle stuff in right, the beginning which that we I've, did not recall exactly. No, but I feel like I saw Annabelle maybe or some parts of it. Because I don't think I have. You might have, but. I just don't remember it being such a huge part of the beginning of this movie. But it's really freaking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> James Wan directed and. The first and the second one. Did he? Yeah, yeah. he's also res- like on like the Saw movies, Insidious movies, Aquaman, and Aquaman. Yeah, and I think he's doing the new Fast and Furious too. Yes, I read that. And obviously, this kind of springboarded a whole series, universe. Of, yeah, universe of, of horror movies, which is super cool. It's hard to to get one that's like well done though, like really well done, like with Get Out and. Um, the know. Babadook. Yeah. The so ba- good. I, we should rewatch that. Yeah. We should rewatch that instead of The Conjuring. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I really, there's something extra interesting. It sort of um, layers on um, another element of, of terror when it's like based on a true story. And now sometimes it's like, well, do they just say based on a true story because they know that it gets people like involved in a different way? Yeah, so this one is definitely, you know, based on real life events. Did this I would also I want to watch The Conjuring too. Yeah. And I also want to watch a medieval horror, like the original. I don't think I've ever seen it. Um, I've never seen the original. Oh yeah. no, yes I did. I watched did it. You? It was good. And you know, I love the the older stuff like Rosemary's Baby and um The Omen. Yeah. The I tried to find the original one. It was proved harder to find than the 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 remake with julia styles which was fine but like i remember watching the original omen like when i was a kid uh maybe middle school age i think i might have been in like eighth grade and like just thinking it was like so good and terrifying so i guess we could move on from the conjuring though right yeah go to drag me to hell which is a completely different kind of of horror movie right yeah 2009 so it came out before the conjuring but it was directed by sam raimi who's kind of known for horror genre stuff like evil dead mm-hmm. and but also spider-man and now he's you know attached to dr strange and the multiverse of madness which is going to be very interesting i think that i think maybe is the perfect combination because yeah. dr strange is creepy and horror but also like supposed to be like really funny and kind of over the top you know um that'll be really fun once we you know eventually get to see that stuff right world normalizes (laughs) yeah and so this this is a movie that i've kind of wanted to watch for a long time because it's like we said it's been out for a while and i've heard over and over again that it's really good yeah it is good and I, yeah i guess so it's just different <laughs> it's i like very different uh it was really just surprising every thing that you kind of expected to happen or didn't expect to happen it was just kind of like horrific and delightful yeah if that makes sense so allison loman plays this bank teller or bank loan yeah, officer christine not a teller Right. That uh, denies this old woman an extension on her loan and she gets kicked out of her house, whatever. And this old woman curses her. That's the basic premise, right? Right. Uh, the old woman, terrifying. 
Uh, you want to talk about body horror? Yeah. Just, I mean, I think the gross, this movie is also really gross. Talking about recurring themes, this lady is dead or alive, always trying to eat this girl's face. And it's like, in, so in gross like, when she takes out her teeth and just like, yeah, there's like a lot of mouth stuff. Jaw, like there's that. a lot of mouth stuff. And a in lot this. of vomit and, and projectile. Yeah. Oh, man. It's fucking gross. <laughs> great but like laughable great not like not terrifying great like i felt like that made the grossness of that made the movie like while still terrifying like somewhat lighter and like just easier for me to digest i mean the fight scene in her car in the parking garage again like what you were saying with how kind of over the top crazy it is, but still suspenseful. And it's like nothing I've ever seen in a movie. Right. Which is strange, I think. Yeah. But it was really intense and crazy and funny. Yeah. And scary. And scary. <laughs> it was like a lot of emotions. Yeah. And um, I just can't think of many other things that I watch that like gives me all of that at the same time. Yeah. You know, um, where you're like just sort of your emotions are sort of like fighting each other to like be present in that moment. You know, like, is this, you're like, you know, questioning, like, is this funny or is it scary? Yes. (laughs) You know, is it, you know, gross or is it, you know, I don't know. Like it was really fun to watch. And Justin Long is in it. He plays her boyfriend. And it's funny because Tegan was watching with us and she was like, oh, he's from New Girl. And I'm like, well, not really. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's been like, a ton of stuff but then when i think about it i'm like but i don't really know like what i would say he's been in like he's been in dodgeball he's been in tusk tusk right uh he's been in some a lot of romantic comedy like stuff yoga hosers which surprisingly (laughs) tegan didn't remember (laughs) but yeah romantic comedy stuff and so i mean i like him whenever he's in things he's just one of those people that doesn't have like a I think like a career defining role that you can be like, well, he's from this. Right. He's so, just, you know him from so many things. Right. And he, like it, new girl. <laughs> yeah. The like one episode of new girl that he was in or two, <laughs> I think two. Yeah. Um, I think overall the kids liked this one too. Yeah, I think so. And I think one of the funniest things about last night's movie was how the kids reacted to it because we've been watching these movies all week. And they haven't really been. They just have not reacted this way to any of these other movies. Right. So So. I'm very excited to move on to this. Yeah. Relic. Um, Wow. Yes. Which I actually have not written anything down but the title of this movie for whatever reason. That's all you really know. Yeah. (laughs) So this one, it's an Australian film. It just came out. Directed. uh, By just, I mean, you know, within the last year, right? Sorry. No, yeah, it like just came out because you can't even purchase it. It's only available to rent, and it's oh, okay. kind of a higher priced rental, like seven dollars. It's not high priced like the twenty dollars ones that right, have but been more than out. four dollars, right? Yeah. So, and I was just looking at the IMDb page here. It came out ten July. So, oh, okay. So wow, we're weeks. like we're on we're it. We're like yeah. on it. That's <laughs> weird. <laughs> yes, it's weird. <laughs> on it, and we're like not, two weeks after. It's fine. yeah. Uh, but uh, Natalie Erica James is the director slash writer. Wrote it with Christian White, but and the movie is about a basically three generations of women: a mother, 
daughter and grandmother and the mother and daughter are called back to the the town that her mother grandmother lives in the grandmother lives in because she's been missing for like three days right or well they're not really sure how long so i think the three days which was kind of like a confusing thing for me was so the grandmother shows back up right and then the mom talks about like you know she's just been missing for three days but before that they weren't sure how long because it had been weeks before you know since she had spoken to the grandmother right. and then also like just like people had noticed it had been a long time since they hadn't seen her come out of the house at all um and that's why she was called so we, it's really like an indeter- undetermined amount of time right that and she's she sh- been gone and she shows back up and doesn't really have any answers for like where she was or what she was doing but she's in rough shape right like her feet are dirty her hands she has yeah her hands are gross and her fingernails are broken whatever has ostensibly a huge bruise on her chest yeah uh, i've never seen a bruise that looked like that but. <laughs> yes. it's a black hole of a bruise yeah it looks like rot yeah which yeah. is also seen throughout the house right like mm-hmm. kind of black mold looking stuff that's spreading across and I mean, the whole film's kind of like an allegory for dementia. That plays a part and you don't really know what's going on with the grandmother. Um, like she's got sticky notes all over the house. Some make sense. Some make sense. Take your some, pills. Yeah. And some are like, don't follow it or something. Yeah. <laughs> Not really sure what that's supposed to mean. I mean, I think by the end of the movie, you kind of have an idea, but she's always kind of talking to herself and it's just, it's really creepy. Mm-hmm. And the house itself is super creepy. Like the sound design for this movie is really good mm-hmm. in, in the way it kind of builds suspense. Yeah. It's, I think ultimately more than scary, which it is, it's, it's pretty terrifying. It's also just really, really sad. You know, Tegan at the end was more like terrified and grossed out than anything else. Um, but I think maybe she's just right. Well, the last third. scene was really talking about more body horror stuff, right? Very kind of gross, and also it was still sad. It's hard to know how to interpret it, right? No, I mean yes and no. So, like, I think what happens a lot, um, and this interestingly is something that I was just talking to someone I work with um, about because at work I've got some customers that are older. 93 and 95 and like when i get on the phone with them it's like really difficult to communicate one because they can't hear me (laughs) even the one guy that has like the special phone (laughs) you know and then they also like are just kind of a little forgetful and also you know not not really grasping the concept of like the stuff that i need to, to communicate with them i even had one guy recently that called to set up an appointment and then called me back like an hour later and asked about setting up an appointment, you know, and I was like, well, Mr. So-and-so, you know, we just set that up. And he said, Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm old and I'm really forgetful. And so I think how that pertains to, to this movie, it's people get older, dementia happens that sets in and it's terrifying. Um, not just for the person living it, but like, you know, it's, it was obviously uncomfortable for the daughter to have to watch her mother go through that. And rather right. than, help her she separated herself from that and so definitely has some guilt um yeah but i think that happens a lot in real life like you know you see all these people in nursing homes and stuff who've just basically been abandoned by their families because it's too uncomfortable to see the fact that like this is whether it like reminds them of their own mortality or or what 
And so because of the newness of this movie, I, I don't really want to give too much away, but like, you know, like you, you see this already like happening into the next generation, right? Like at the end. And so I, I think like this grandmother just sort of becomes like a, like a shell of the person she once was, which is kind of shown in the opposite way, right. but like, you know, but like just alone and feeling alone and abandoned. And to me, that's like just so immensely sad and at the same time, so terrifying, but like real life right. terrifying with all of the like scary, like maybe demonic stuff that's going on um, in this movie. It's also like real life terrifying. I completely agree with that. What is it about the movie that you think, because it's not the real life terrifying bit. What is it about the movie do you think that made the kids respond the way they did because, well, because like I'm gross. sensitive to like yeah scary things and even Tegan's like really guys and some of the other movies we watched but it's just yeah. like it's fun to feel like that but they were like legit scared no I'm not talking about the end I'm talking about the whole movie yeah well because there's so much unknown like the unknown is scary old people are scary I mean Courtney his hands on his face like eyes wide like looking at us like what the fuck like I wish I could remember what scene was happening then but like i think it's because there's so many layers of unknown about what's happening and like was it the when the daughter was like lost in that in the back area of the house and she couldn't find her way out maybe that's also i mean that's also very probably very indicative of like how you feel when you start kind of losing it like i already have a bad memory but like I, right i don't have dementia but you just like can't find your way out of anything mm -hmm. um which is not funny, so I'm not laughing. I know. <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe they, like, on some level, even though they're young, like, there's a part of them that, like, understands, like, the terrifying nature of that. And that's why this, like, settled yeah. with them so, so much. Like, our kids are pretty intuitive and, yeah. and intelligent. You know, it's probably a good idea. We could ask them today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find out what they say. Um, Tegan, definitely not going to be the one that takes care of us when we are old and scary. Um, because she said so last night. <laughs> she said, you guys end up with black spots on your skin, like what happened in this movie, and I am leaving. <laughs> so as soon as we start to show signs of age and mental illness, she's <laughs> she's she's Cut like, see ya. Yeah. Um, Courtney will take care of us. <laughs> He's going to have his hands full. Yep. All right. I, I guess that's all I had really had with that movie. Okay. I really else? liked it, though. It was really good. Um. I like movies that are, well, clearly about a bigger picture are also their own thing. Like you don't have to like be able to parse out that it like is an allegory for dementia, as you said, you know, it's also just like terrifying, you know, what the fuck like is happening in this crazy, creepy world movie. Highly recommend. Highly, highly recommend. And maybe we'll record again next weekend. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> we have our Instagram, Facebook, website geekchew.com great place to go for almost nothing but the episode so right <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, read like a paragraph i wrote like seven years ago yeah i mean our instagram is also linked there so if you don't want to look at instagram you can look at the website it doesn't matter we'll wrap it up yeah <laughs> um yeah it's a good paragraph <laughs> <laughs> it was fun it was smart we liked it <laughs>